Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. And hello, Spartan Nation. We are back with another episode of the Standing Room Spartans podcast. Super happy to be here today. We got a fun show for you. If it's your first time, welcome in. If it's not, welcome back. Super excited to have you. Really appreciate all the support. Really enjoying the hell out of getting this thing off the ground. Really having a lot of fun with it. You know, if you if again if it is your first episode, make sure you go on back, check the back catalog. We got some good stuff for you. We got the top five memories of Michigan State football. We and me and a couple buddies hopped on and talked about our five favorite games with some honorable mentions in there as well. Uh, we have the coaching breakdowns with Mel Tucker, Jay Johnson, and Scotty Hazelton with the new coaching staff in there got an interview we got a lot of fun stuff for you in the catalog and of course we're going to keep that stuff rolling but today uh we got a lot of fun stuff really i i got a mailbag segment for you here uh basically i i went through on twitter and did, did a poll as well with what would be your top jobs let's say you're an up-and-coming head coach and you get your pick of the litter and you can coach anywhere in college football I uh, had a lot of fun with that. I uh, had some good responses. That's had a lot of votes. And uh, I went through my lists. I kind of went per conference. So we'll talk about that as well. So a lot of fun. Make sure you stay tuned. Make sure you hit subscribe. Make sure you follow me at on Twitter. That's at Standing Room MSU. Standing Room MSU on Twitter. And of course, we'll keep the content rolling on there. So Let's get into this episode with a shout out to my guy, Stephen Deviatri. I really hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, first of all, I, I do have a question in the mailbag from him, but uh, he is starting in the day of the we are recording. Uh, of course, this is going to be released tomorrow morning, Thursday morning, as always. Uh, but he is starting his chemo treatment today. So shout out to my guy. We're all pulling for you. Spartan Nation's here for you. And if you need anything, of course, you can lean on us. So Stephen DiVietri, you know, everybody out there, make sure you send one up for him because, uh, you know, it's, that's one of our guys, Spartan Nation's proudest. So, you know, I hope, hope everything's going smooth. Like I said, we're rooting for you. And we'll start off with your question, Stephen. Um, he was asking, is there going to be a football season? Plain and simple. 
Uh, and this is a tough one because if you asked me this question a, a week and a half, two weeks ago, I'd say absolutely yes. But it's starting to get a little shaky. Um, of course, the MLBs had their problems. Uh, the NBA that first seemed like they were full steam ahead, and, and now it's starting to peel back a little bit. I uh, haven't really heard much from the NHL. Of course, you have the NFL is always going to go full steam ahead, regardless of uh, any anybody challenging or questioning their beliefs. But uh, with college football, it's really tough because these guys aren't getting paid. So as much as in the NFL, you can say, you know, hey, the, these guys are, are making their decisions. They're grown ass men. And, you know, if they want to go get their paycheck and, and risk getting sick and, and everything like that, then then so be it. Uh, but here's the deal. It's college football. These guys aren't getting paid. So that brings a whole different dynamic to it. Uh, obviously, the, the kids are back on campus, which is a, a huge step towards that. Uh, but we've already seen some, you know, at Alabama, at Texas, uh, we've already seen a handful of guys already test positive for COVID-19. So uh, it, we're we're on some delicate waters here. We're on thin ice. I, I If you ask me right now, I'd say probably like 70-30 that we will be playing full season. But, you know, with college football, it's tough, you know, again, because you bring the labor side into it. But um, the NFL, I, I will tell you, I'm 99.999% sure will we'll be going on just because of the nature of the beast there. Uh, but college football, yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm, I'm starting to get a little worried. So, again, thanks for the question, Stephen. Uh, we're all with you here, buddy, as, as you start off your chemo today. And, uh, you know, God bless. I, I hope everything's safe and, and I hope you're um, doing well. So we'll continue to check in on you. I hope everything's good. But um, moving on here, we have another great question from uh, bhunt Thirty One on the Apple Podcast Reviews. Again, if you want to get a question at any time, basically I'm just going to keep this thing rolling. Uh, if if you leave an Apple Podcast Review, which I highly encourage and really appreciate, uh, you know, the Apple Podcast algorithms, if you leave a review, it definitely helps me out to get my name out there. Um, and of course, I would like that. Um, so if you leave a review, Ask a question. I will keep that in mind, and at some point in the in the following couple of episodes, I will make sure I get to that. You can tweet me anytime. Send a question on Twitter, um, hashtag mailbag, whatever you want. I'll, I'll make sure that I get it on here. Send me a DM on Twitter. Again, that's at Standing Room MSU. Um, but you can ask questions anytime. We'll kind of incorporate. My plan is to to get at least one question in on each episode, just you know, either to start it off or to end it off, uh, one or the other. And then I'll do a couple if if it starts building up here. Uh, I'll do a couple episodes like we are today, where we're just rolling through a bunch of questions and uh, also getting to some stuff on my own here. But again, at B Hunt Thirty One on the Apple Podcast Review. Who will be MSU's most productive wide receiver in 2020? And this one, you know, I guess it a little bit of it depends on on your definition of productive, right? Are we talking, 
who has the most receptions, who has the most yards, who has the most touchdowns. And, you know, we could kind of look at that, but, you know, we're losing our top two productive receivers, like by far in, in Daryl Stewart and Cody White. Those guys are gone. Uh, so returning, we have Julian Barnett, obviously had a nice uh, true freshman year, uh, but we're not really sure. Is is he going to stay on the offensive side of the ball? Is Mel Tucker going to move him back to defense where we recruited him at in the first place? Definitely looked good at receiver. He looked natural. He's he's got playmaking instincts. So, um, with some young talent at the wide receiver position and some question marks on defense, I expect him to move back to the defensive side. But um, that's a guy that you have in there. Obviously, Jalen Naylor, who if he's healthy, has shown a lot of talent and playmaking ability. Trey Mosley, the freshman last year, had a nice year with twenty catches, two hundred sixteen yards, and a touchdown. C.J. Hayes had some nice plays in there. Uh, and then incoming, you have Ricky White, the freshman out of Georgia, who's, uh, you know, you went back through his tape. And this is a guy I, I expect to be on the field early on in his career. I, I think they will they might even lift the red shirt for this kid. He's got a ton of talent. Uh, Mont- Monterey, Montorier, Foster out of Ohio. Um, you know, probably not going to be competing for a lot of playing time right away. Uh, but the biggest incoming guy and my pick for the most productive wide receiver is Jaden Reed out of Western Michigan. This is a guy we we kind of forgot about. He got lost in the shuffle, but he was a freshman All-American at Western. Six foot, 185, had 800 yards and eight touchdowns last year, plus a touchdown in the return game. He had 400-yard games, five, seven games with five-plus catches, Great instincts with the ball in his hand. He's a, he's an outstanding athlete. Runs a clean route. Uh, this guy is somebody I expect to step in right away and be our number one receiver. You know, like I said, he, he's he's got everything you look for. I mean, he can do it before the catch. He can do it after the catch. And as a true freshman, and, and a lot of these numbers we look at. Oh, he played in the MAC. Okay, he was a true freshman. Week one. First college game of his career at, what, 18 years old, playing against Syracuse. And you can say what you want about Syracuse, but it's a Power 5 program, and he put up over 100 yards and a touchdown on him. So this kid's got just undeniable talent. I I think I really expect him to step in as our number one receiver this year and match pretty closely what he did that freshman year, something 50-plus catches, 800 yards, somewhere between five and eight or nine touchdowns, probably going to get him involved in the return game as well with Jalen Naylor. So this is a guy I look at as our number one receiver on the depth chart going into this year. And the guy that I expect to be honestly far and away the most productive receiver, especially if Julian Barnett moves back to the defensive side of the ball, because if he does stay on offense and, and Mel Tucker decides to, you know, use the playmaking ability on that side and and trust what we have on the defensive backfield. I think he's a guy who can make a lot of plays and he can be a productive uh, number number two, ideally. But, you know, he could develop into a number one receiver. But I, I like Jaden Reed here out of Western Michigan. It shakes that transfer rule and and he's ready to come in and play. He, he got the environment of the campus, got some rapport with his teammates last year. Um, so I, I'm really excited to see what this kid can do. Uh, again, four games with over 100 yards last or uh, two years ago, I should say, 2018 as a true freshman. So 
Uh, really excited about him. That's my pick for, for MSU's most productive wide receiver. And the last question, I'm going to take a second here to talk about because uh, from It's Your Boy 41, my guy Dave Racy, uh, one of the most electric open field playmakers in uh, Catholic League history, I, I will say number 41 out there. Uh, what would be the correct way to realign the Big Ten to balance the divisions while being able to keep rivalries intact? So there's a lot to unpack here. Uh, I did. I, I hopped on Twitter. I sent out a poll. I uh, got somewhere around 50 responses, and the Big Ten West next title. So if just plain and simple, when will the Big Ten West next win a conference title? The options were in 2020, in the next three years, in the next five years, or seven plus. 7% of you said 2020, which is very optimistic for those folks. Uh, 25% in the next three years, 34% in the next five years, and 34% seven plus. So over a third of you said that it, it will take at least seven years for the Big Ten West to win a conference championship game, which speaks i think very clearly that something needs to be done uh and again there there's a lot that goes into this you have to do in my opinion something remotely geographically because the whole leaders and legends that that type of stuff just doesn't work it's it's not realistic it's it's corny it's cheesy we need something whether it's east west north south you know basically every conference has something like that so we we need to keep it remotely geographical and, again, keep these rivalries intact. You got Michigan-Ohio State, Michigan-Michigan State, Michigan State-Indiana, Michigan State-Penn State, uh, Iowa-Minnesota, Nebraska and Iowa, Wisconsin and Minnesota, Illinois-Northwestern, Indiana-Purdue, these in-state rivalries. You got a lot of stuff to to kind of balance around and toy around with. And I'm not joking. I stared at a map for about 30 minutes trying to piece these together i'm like oh you could go north and south here but you know that ends up being a, a bit imbalanced you'd have to move some teams around and well east and west but you could slide michigan state over to the west and move somebody east try to make it simple uh, you know okay and ladies and gentlemen i fixed the big 10 i'm just gonna say that right now i i fixed it i i did it you're welcome everybody big 10 commissioner i don't even remember the name of your name off the top of my head right now because i'm excited to lay out the new big 10 ladies and gentlemen starting in 2021 we have uh names pending we have the big 10 middle and the big 10 extended we'll call it um, so again, I, I wanted to kind of do this remotely geographically and I, here's the thing. I mean, you'll, when I go through this list, you, you'll probably hear some names and say like, well, that doesn't work. Um, but the balance of power, I, I think is as good as you could possibly make it. Um, so here's what we have in the big 10 middle. And again, if you pull up a map of where these big 10 schools are, these are the schools that are, are centered around the middle, the, the Michigan, Ohio, uh, Illinois, Indiana schools, basically. So in the Big Ten middle, we have Ohio State, we have Michigan, Michigan State, Indiana, Purdue, Northwestern, Illinois. So that gives us in the Big Ten middle, 
your basically top, top tier Ohio State team. You got another high tier team in, in Michigan, another high tier team in Michigan State, uh, a team that's, you know, let's say consistently pesky in Indiana. You got a Purdue squad that's, you know, catching fire recently with a few of these recruits and a great head coach. Um, and then you got Northwestern, uh, who's, you know, here and there will have a nice year. And Illinois, which is a kind of bottom feeder we don't really expect much from uh, year to year. So that's your Big Ten middle. Your Big Ten extended. Here's where we have Penn State, Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota, Nebraska, Maryland, Rutgers. So again, if we're looking at the balance of power here, we have a top tier team in Penn State. We have a top tier team in Wisconsin and in Iowa. Then we have two programs which have some potential to, to you know, kind of move up the ranks a little bit here. We have Minnesota under PJ Fleck. Whether he stays there for a few more years or jumps to a bigger program, we'll see. And then, of course, Nebraska, where uh, of course, they haven't had a good year in, in what feels like a decades. You know, they're they're kind of the the worst version of Michigan, where you know it, we're going back to like the 07, 08 kind of Michigan teams, uh, where we're just perpetually waiting for them to to break through because they have the facilities, they have the money, they have the stadium, they have the fan base, uh, but they just can't seem to put it together. So you have the three top tier teams in Penn State, Wisconsin, and Iowa. You have a couple teams with that ability to kind of break through. And then you have your kind of bottom feeder, Maryland and Rutgers. Um, and, and what this does is it moves. The most important thing is you keep Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State together, and you move Penn State to the other side. Because again, when we look at the balance, I want a team on both sides that can compete with Ohio State for that conference championship because right now you don't have that and and in wisconsin you have a team that we saw last year they they hung in there i mean they were controlling that game for a while but it's they're just not on that same level and penn state with the recruits that they get in there with the atmosphere they have with their fan base i mean they've been neck and neck with ohio state in every game that they've played uh so that's a team where you know you can go into a neutral site game, and as a Big Ten fan, and you could see those two duking it out in, in a fourth quarter game. So, so you get a couple of those top tier programs out on the outside. So, obviously, the the big problem here is the location with some of these. the The Big Ten middle, they have no problem traveling. I mean, those guys are all compact in there. Probably your farthest trip would be Illinois to Michigan State when you look at it, I guess. But uh, maybe Indiana to Michigan. I don't know. But it's all pretty packed in there. And the Big Ten extended. You have the the schools that are on the far west and you have the schools that are on the far east. Um, you have your Wisconsin, Minnesota, Iowa, Nebraska. And you also have your Penn State, Maryland, and Rutgers. So you have a couple of schools that are bunched together. And of course you have some schools that are as far apart as you can get in the conference. But, um, you know, you look at it, Minnesota to Rutgers would definitely be the longest travel. That's less than a three hour flight. So at the end of the day, what are we doing here, folks? If, if we're looking at really trying to balance the powers of the conference, I fixed it. You're welcome. If you want to cry about a two hour and 45 minute flight, 
from the Minnesota fans that are going to go travel to Rutgers, and so be it. Kiss my ass. I don't care. But it, I fixed it. You're welcome. Again, Big Ten middle, Big Ten extended. We can work on the names. Somebody hit me up on Twitter with a better name, but I you can't give me a better result because the other thing this does, it keeps every single rivalry together. If we do a crossover game between Michigan State and Penn State, which, yes, would suck for our, our yearly schedule, uh, maybe we just do it every other year, and you do a crossover game with Michigan and Minnesota for the whatever stupid trophy that they have, you keep Ohio State and Michigan, you keep Michigan, Michigan State, you keep Illinois, Purdue, Michigan State, Indiana, Indiana, Purdue, Illinois, Northwestern, Minnesota, Michigan, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Wisconsin and Iowa, Nebraska and Iowa, Michigan State, Penn State, Iowa, Minnesota. You keep every single Big Ten rivalry game and you balance the power. You are welcome, Big Ten. So without further ado, that that is the new Big Ten starting in 2021. Big Ten middle, Big Ten extended. Again, send send me some recommendations because we're definitely not sold on those names. But at Standing Room MSU, make sure you tweet me a, a better name for those um, that the 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 conference we we deserve better than leaders and legends, and I think we also deserve better than middle and extended. I think we can. Somebody out there is more creative than I, and can figure that one out. Now, the last thing we want to touch on here today, again, we we went on Twitter and asked the questions of you are a up and coming head coach. You are, let's say, a, a Lincoln Riley type figure. You're young. Every school in the country wants you. Um, let's say in this hypothetical situation, Nick Saban, Dabo Sweeney, These guys don't exist. So Alabama is coming after you. Clemson's coming after you. You can pick from any school in the country. So, uh, of course, on the Twitter polls, you only get four options. So I had to kind of narrow it down to some schools that, you know, your your traditional powers, some schools I thought were interesting. So I'll give you the four options that I sent out to Twitter and uh, what will be the winner of those polls. And then I'll give you my top three, which which might be a little bit different just based on my personality, based on my criteria. So we'll start in the Pac-12. We'll start out West. Um, I sent on Twitter, I gave you USC, Oregon, Stanford, UCLA. Uh, again, a couple traditional kind of powers, you know, schools with a high budget, that kind of thing, recruiting base. USC was the winner there at 54%, Oregon 46%, Stanford and UCLA, neither of them got a vote. So that was a little bit surprising there. Uh, But again, I I did the top four on Twitter kind of based on what I thought that other people would do. For me, uh, I'll give you kind of my general criteria here. Number one, I'm looking at location, and that's based on both recruiting locations, so where I can pull recruits from, and also just living. You know, I'm not only coaching this team; I got to live there too. So, so that's a huge factor for me. My second uh, big criteria here is the chance to win a championship, whether that's uh, because of the recruiting location, because of the budget that the school traditionally has, um, and the investments that they've made. Uh, the chance to win a championship would be the second. 
Um, the history of the program is something I really enjoy. So that's kind of my third criteria here. If they have a great history, I, I love that. The facilities uh, would be next. You know, if they have some great facilities, practice facilities, weight room, locker room, stuff like that. I, I love that. And last but not least, the gear. The gear is, is you know, you're going to be wearing that on the sidelines. So, you know, Mark D'Antonio comes out in those windbreaker jackets. Those were sick, man. Yeah, Nike hooks it up. So um, the gear is, it's it's low on the list. But, hey, we, we got to consider it. So the Pac-12, my top three. So number three, I go with Stanford. You have an awesome location in Palo Alto. You uh, basically, you have a chance to win the Pac-12. They have a lot of history there at Stanford. You go back, that's, you know, between uh, Andrew Luck, what John Elway went there. So you have some great history. You have an awesome, awesome location. One of the best locations of any school in the country. Um, And and a a realistic chance to win the conference and go to a playoff. Um, So Stanford, my number three. USC, my number two in the Pac-12. Basically, we're basing this on on the chance to win, right? You, you got the recruiting base. You in uh, recruiting in LA in Southern California. You got the money. You obviously got the facilities. You got an awesome stadium. You got a ton of history. I mean, that's USC is the full package, and then would be an awesome opportunity for any coach there. Obviously, they're looking to pull a guy like Urban Meyer. Uh, maybe, maybe not. I, I don't know. Um, it seems like if they really wanted him, that Urban would be more than more than willing. Let's just say that. Am I number one in the Pac-12? And and this one's a little off the radar. Is Cal? Um, this is it's it's one of those that you know you have those schools when you start watching college football when you're young, start watching college basketball when you're young, and you just weirdly fall in love with these schools. And Cal was absolutely one of those for me. Um, I grew up, you know, as that was kind of my West Coast team, obviously Michigan State fan through and through season tickets my whole life. But if I had to pick a number two, it'd be Cal. Uh, It's a dream school of mine. I was nowhere near smart enough to get in, hence my Michigan State uh, degree. But, uh, you know, Cal, awesome location, great school some real history there and you know they have the ability to win a, a conference championship any given year if they pull the right recruits i mean they've had number one draft picks they've had guys like marshawn lynch deshaun jackson there, there's been a lot of talent to go through that school so um cal would be my number one pack 12 team and probably a top five team in the country for me personally uh, again probably not for for most folks out there moving on to the big 12 the big 12 I gave you on Twitter what I thought would be obviously the top two, Texas and Oklahoma. And then you you get past those two in the Big 12, and it's tough to find uh, the rest of them. Oklahoma State and Baylor were the two that I chose. Obviously, Oklahoma State's going through you know, their thing right now. Uh, we won't really get into that. But uh, Texas, the far and away winner here, uh, the biggest winner, I believe, in, in every conference. So 62% of you chose Texas, Oklahoma 31%, Oklahoma State 7%. So a couple of you looking for the challenge down there in Stillwater. And uh, Baylor with zero votes. So my top three here, number three, uh, again, the top two are going to be pretty obvious, but number three, I went with West Virginia. 
And I will tell you exclusively the reason why West Virginia over an Oklahoma State, a Baylor, a Kansas State, uh, that type of school, the location. I mean, the rest of those schools, you're off in the middle of nowhere. West Virginia at least got the Appalachian Mountains. Um, You're at least got like a a more entertaining form of rednecks out there. So uh, that would be a lot of fun to coach in West Virginia. Huge party school. It would be a ton of fun out there. Um, but yeah, West Virginia would be my number three. They've had some success. We remember the Rich Rod years. You had Pat White and Steve Slayton leading the backfield. A lot of fun with those teams. They they were damn close to a, a BCS championship game in, I forget what year that was, 07, uh, 08 maybe. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, the fans are awesome there. They, they have some history. You're off in the Appalachian Mountains, a beautiful, beautiful area. So West Virginia, my number three in the Big 12. Number two, Oklahoma. Obviously, you have the chance to win a national title. And there's only so many schools in the country where you can really say that. And Oklahoma's one of them. You can get, you know, they have the budget to do whatever the hell you want there. The history is incredible. I think they have seven national championships. Um, it's it's an awesome opportunity. They got great gear, to be honest. Uh, some awesome jerseys. But uh, the only downside here is the location, and and that's why it comes in at number two in the Big 12 list. And obviously, that leaves number one, which is Texas. And you look at the difference between Texas, Oklahoma, and it comes down to two things. Uh, Texas hasn't had the recent success that Oklahoma has over the last few years, but Texas is located in Austin, which is so much of a better college town than Norman, Oklahoma. So... Give me Texas number one. You have everything you could want. They have the highest budget of any school in the country. You have a real chance to win the the national championship if you do it right because you can recruit anybody. Again, you have the money, the facilities. You have everything in place. You just need to recruit the right players, and you need the right coach in there. So um, give me the history, the recruiting, Austin, the facilities, everything. Give me Texas number one. And probably Texas number one in the country, to be completely honest. I mean, there's a lot of pressure there for sure, but that's because you have a real opportunity to win in an awesome, awesome town in Austin. Third, we're going to move on to the ACC. The ACC, I gave you four schools on Twitter. I gave you Clemson, Miami, Florida State, and Virginia Tech as the fourth one. I think the first three were pretty obvious, the the kind of the biggest names. And the fourth one, I kind of went back and forth for a while. I think Virginia Tech is, is the best one to land on. So obviously Clemson wins this poll 46%, though. I was expecting a bit higher. Florida State coming in at second with 31%. Miami with 15%. And Virginia Tech with 8% of the vote. Um, and my top three are a little bit similar, but I got a, a little bit of a wild card, I, I think, here at number three is the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. Yes, UNC, that's my number three ACC school. Have a little bias because I have been there and it is a gorgeous campus. They got an awesome bar there. Um, it's what's the name? He's not here. He's not here. Obviously reference to Michael Jordan, uh, not being there. Um, but we were there underage and, and basically 
all of the local people were like, uh, you know, hey, if you, you know, we were asking, what, what, what places can we go to with a fake ID? And they all pointed me towards he's not here. So awesome bar, awesome campus, beautiful campus, arguably the best jerseys in college football. I'll say that. But they also have a decent team with a chance to win the ACC if if Clemson weren't there. So um, North Carolina, my number three. Number two, Miami. The obvious best part of this here is the location and the location for not only living in Miami, but the recruiting. I mean, South Florida is putting out NFL dudes every single year. So you are in the hotbed there in, in Southern Florida. And so you can, if you really start winning, we've seen multiple dynasties from Miami. So, you know, if you start winning, you start getting those recruits. I mean, it's an endless, endless supply of talent down there. So you have a legitimate chance to win the, the national title if you do it right. Uh, obviously, the recruiting is awesome. Living in Miami is awesome. Uh, the problem is the <laughs> there's no real fans. I, I'm not going to lie to you there. The, that's the biggest problem for me. Uh, but Miami comes in at my number two. And number one should be obvious, Clemson. You have obviously a chance to win the national title any given year. The facilities there are incredible. Uh, they're, they've been winning basically every other national title the last few years. I mean, just a, an awesome stadium, awesome fans, awesome location. Everything comes together for Clemson. Awesome jerseys, awesome gear. It literally checks every box. Clemson is a clear runaway number one in the ACC for me. Moving on to the SEC here. SEC, uh, we got, I gave you Alabama, LSU, Florida, and Georgia. Uh, So LSU, I think recency bias a little bit here, took the win at 38%. Alabama, uh, excuse me, Georgia at 31%. Second, Alabama third at 23%. And Florida getting a couple votes there at 8%. My top three is a little bit different, I guess, than the the common folks. Number three, I went with Tennessee for one reason and one reason alone. You have the chance to become a legend at Tennessee if you win a national title. So um, you you got the history. You got an awesome stadium at Neyland. You have 100,000 fans in there. You have the pretty awesome facilities. You're in Knoxville, an awesome college town. You got the money. Um, but again, it comes down to the fact that if you win at Florida, great. If you win at South Carolina, great. If you win at Auburn, great. If you win at Tennessee, you're a legend right now. So Tennessee comes in at my number three, trying to revamp that program. Number two, I'm going with Georgia. You got the recruiting, you got awesome stadium facilities, a real chance to win a national title. So Georgia is my number two. Number one is Alabama for me. I mean, you have an incredible history. You have a chance to win the national title any year. You have you can recruit anybody in the country. You have the money. Uh, the The only problems here, and which is why it wouldn't be you know a number one job in the country for me. Um, the pressure obviously is incredible there. Um, and also you're in Alabama and I, you know, I don't want to tr- talk trash about Alabama, but, 
Um, not exactly the place that I would want to set up my life. So uh, Tuscaloosa, not not exactly where I want to live the rest of my life. So um, that would be the only hesitation there. But regardless, Alabama is a clear number one for me in the SEC because you have a chance to win a national title from year one any year that you're there. Uh, which brings us to the Big Ten. I, I did make a, a statement to go non-MSU Big Ten because I think uh, for anybody on Twitter and for me as well, that would be, I mean, you could probably put Ohio State still at number one, but I think MSU would be there, um, which in a realistic sense, I, I don't know. So I wanted to, to kind of try to take the bias out a little bit. On Twitter, I gave you Ohio State, Penn State, Wisconsin, and Michigan as the four. And, of course, with our bias, I knew we weren't going to get a whole lot of love for Michigan, but they did get a vote or two, so 5% getting up there for Michigan. But runaway winner, 59% Ohio State, 24% of you said Wisconsin, and another 12 for Penn State. My three pretty much aligns with that. Number three, Wisconsin. You have Madison, one of the best college towns in America. You got a chance to win your division any year. Uh, you got pretty awesome facilities and an awesome fan base. Um, really, your biggest problem here is the recruiting uh, location is not great. Um, and you don't have a chance to win a national title at Wisconsin. Let's let's just face it. You got a chance to win a conference if you, you sneak out a good year and um, a, a great college or a great Big Ten championship performance. But Really, to win a national title, I don't think the chances are there. Number two, Penn State. You got a chance to win the conference, and I think you could win a national title at Penn State. Uh, you Pennsylvania recruiting base is awesome. You have, obviously, a lot of history there. Some good, some bad. Uh, but the stadium and the atmosphere are, are really what puts it up to number two for me. The whiteout at night for Penn State. There's honestly, there's nothing better in college football. So if you give me a chance to walk into Penn State, really have a chance to win the conference and and go to playoffs, give me that all day at number two. Number one's clear. Ohio State. They have, I mean, the history. The they check every box. Um, obviously the biggest, pro- the biggest problem with Ohio state would be the pressure and living in Columbus, which nobody wants to do, but man, it, it checks every box. It's an obvious, obvious number one in the big 10, if you're looking at it objectively and, and you know, there, you have a chance to win a national title and nowhere else in the big 10 do you have that same level of success. The last thing here, I did want to hop on some group of five teams, uh, I gave you on Twitter the group of five, Boise State, UCF, Appalachian State, and Cincinnati. Boise State was a clear winner there, 47%. UCF behind them at 35%. Since he got 12% of the vote, App State only 6%. I was expecting a little better showing from the Mountaineers. But my group of five teams, I'll, I'll give you a list of a couple that I left off that I was at least interested in. Fresno State, they got a good program, nice location. East Carolina, the Pirates, awesome jerseys. Uh, Louisiana Tech, they're always competing. So Louisiana Tech's in a bowl game just about every year. But my number three, I went with SMU. You have a lot of history there with the Pony Express backfield you're in the heart of dallas so of course you're getting the scraps from the bigger schools but you're getting texas recruits um so you know you got a shot there 
and for a group of five team, SMU probably has the best facilities anywhere in the country. So um, SMU, my number three, would be awesome to coach down there um, and get a chance to bring them back uh, out of the, you know, since ever since the uh, death penalty, they've been they've been lingering and, and just waiting to, yeah, I think they had a 10-win season last year, the year before, but SMU, my number three. Number two, San Diego State University. Uh, basically one reason, and that's living on the beach in San Diego. You'll see a common theme with the top two here is if I'm coaching group of five, I want a school that I can do a pretty decent job, maybe get a chance to win my conference, um, but you know, live large, enjoy my life in San Diego State. San Diego, probably my favorite city in the country. Uh, that's going to be my number two. Number one, come on, Hawaii. How, how is it not Hawaii? You're living in Hawaii, and you have a decent football team. The travel would blow. I'll give you that one. Maybe every couple a uh, couple times a year, I'll have my assistant coaches go uh, head head the squad for an away game. But you know, you really only have to travel a couple times a year. So at the end of the day, I can make six trips over the ocean if it means living in Hawaii and coaching football the rest of my life. So give me Hawaii as my number one group of five. But that's all we got here today, folks. Uh, thank you so much for listening again. Follow me on Twitter at Standing Room. MSU, give me a better name for the Big Ten conferences, the Big Ten middle and the Big Ten extended. But um, again, you're welcome for big, fixing the Big Ten. Uh, got to some mailbag questions, had a lot of fun with that. Uh, make sure you subscribe, tell your Spartan friends and family. I really appreciate all of the support. And again, before we sign off, one last shout out to my guy, Stephen Deviatri, as he starts chemo. We're pulling for you, bud. So, Thank you so much, folks. Have yourselves a fine, fine Thursday. Take care.